Welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. Got Ryan and Jim with me as always. Got a lot to talk about today. Got an impressive Citrus Bowl win the other day. Uh, the Nico era has officially begun. Uh, we'll get into some some basketball stuff, some transfer stuff, you know, all that. Guys, how are y'all doing? Doing great, Bryce. How about you, Jim? I'm doing good. Um Definitely started the new year off to a good, you know, start. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that the negative thing about the game was the broadcast was a Mickey Mouse joke. Um, I mean, there wasn't a first down line for two thirds of the game, and then they obviously didn't do any research, and the graphics were wrong half the time. Oh my god! And they butchered Nico's last name a hundred times. It, they said it wrong, like. Eight different ways. The worst part was at the end of the game when they were giving him MVP. And, like, uh-huh. how do you not practice that? Like, <laughs> I could agree. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess the, the main thing we'll talk about, of course, is Juan Nico Iamaliava. So, man, he, what, he looked good, dude. I mean, so good. Like, I think all of us kind of thought he would look, you know, pretty good. But when it's a top defense, I mean, and you can say they haven't played anybody, but Iowa, by all metrics, was one of the best defenses, one of the stingiest defenses. And uh, Nico made them look like they were Brentwood Academy. Well, we even talked about it before that we even started recording, but, like, Nico looked like he wasn't trying. Like, the way I put it is, and Ryan, I know, and I'm probably going to get a couple of hate comments for this. I don't know why, but uh, dude reminds me of a taller version of Bryce Young. Like this, this, you know, his demeanor in the pocket, his presence in the pocket. He doesn't seem worried when he's in there. He could sense pressure. If he senses pressure, he runs. He could throw on the run. He could hit a deep ball. He could take off for a couple yards. Uh, it's just really nice to see compared to what you know joe did no hate the joe just you could tell a big difference from that game yeah i mean the the pocket movement from nico to joe is night and day and i don't know why anybody we would be mad about comparing him to a heisman trophy winner i mean he just moves in the pocket like he has a sixth sense i've said that multiple times this year but it's, it's true yeah, yeah i mean he and he's so accurate like None of the balls were a million miles an hour to where they got to the wide receiver, caught, got pretty much average like 8 to 10 yards per throw. He didn't have to throw it a lot. I mean, our run game was there. Dylan Sampson had a heck of a game, man. And you can't complain about Nico's stat line with the way the running game was. Even Selden, man. Selden looked good. I think Mm -hmm. that that is going to be kind of what we just – become accustomed to with Nico not saying he won't have big games like I'm sure he will have those huge you know stat lines at some point but I feel like he's just going to be efficient I feel like he is not going to do anything wrong and he's just going to be calm under pressure honestly it seems a lot like Hendon like Hendon always felt like he had that poise Hendon made a lot of big plays but 
I always felt like when Hendon had the ball, he was in control. Like, what did he do? He threw two interceptions his whole time with Tennessee, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, even I Joe. Like, Joe was the same way. He didn't really throw a lot of interceptions. I feel like Nico's that same. Like, I feel like he's so cool. And unlike Joe, I mean, I'm not bashing on Joe, but unlike Joe, I feel like Nico is just comfortable. Like, I feel like he knows what he's doing. He's confident about it. He doesn't look as, like, frazzled as Joe sometimes did. And I, that's impressive because it's not like we were playing against, like, you know, we weren't playing against, like, Ball State or something. Like, this is Iowa. I mean, that's that's a legit defense by any measure. I mean, they didn't make – Michigan didn't exactly have a, an amazing day against them. And No. I mean, I think that just says a lot, and especially when he didn't even have – like, it's not the same team that he'll have this year even. I mean, he didn't have Brew, who we now know. We'll get on later, but we now know he'll have Brew next year. Like, he didn't have any of these freshmen. So, I mean, to do that it was incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially for a freshman, it would have been easy for him to lose control after being sacked so many times. But he just never panicked and just moved on to the next play, no matter what what happened. I just, especially watching him after the game, he looks like the most humble person in the world. It's never going to be all all about him. He's never going to score a touchdown and then crown himself, which he he's probably more deserving. But it's just a seems like the top guy that you would want to be leading your offense. Oh, absolutely, dude. I- I I mean we could we could talk about Nico all day, but can we just talk about the other man on the other side of the ball? James Pierce is an absolute freak of nature, and I'm so happy he's on our team because that dude next season I guarantee you he's gonna I think he's gonna break some records. I mean he's headed to be a top ten draft pick if he keeps going the way he's going, and I don't that's not even debatable. He's yeah, that, I don't think that's far fetched. I I could see him being, uh, yeah, I could say top ten's being nice about it, but I could see if he has a good good year next year, you could see him as a top five pick. I mean, if you could get to a quarterback that easily and intercept the ball and you know do all that, that's that's hard to come by in the NFL, you know. So like he's on a trajectory like Jared Verse from Florida State, like kind of a nobody at first and then just immediately just explodes and he has all the traits to be a good NFL player in my opinion I think he's probably I don't know if this is a reach I think he's probably the most talented pass rusher we've had since Derek Barnett no I agree Uh, I I mean this kid's incredible and the fact that we're getting Peely back and Arian Carter wasn't even playing uh, T Lander and Herring did absolutely amazing yesterday compared to what we saw during the season, especially for Herring. Herring really impressed me yesterday. And same thing with the defensive backs. I don't know about you guys, but these young kids, they played very well. Um, especially Turrentine with that interception in the end zone. I mean, it's a big he's pick better, right there. He's better than Wesley Walker already. I mean, well, you got what, these young kids. They want it. They're hungry. They want to play, you know, and. I feel like getting these seniors out, no offense to all of them because I'm glad they stayed in their VFLs, yes, even Tank McCullough, but these young guys are working for their spots, and you're going to have kids fighting for a position, and they're going to have to perform to keep it. So, And I think that's what we were missing in the secondary room is those seniors had to go. Yeah, it's like yeah I mean, 
everybody everybody spent all season bitching about how bad our secondary was, and then they've been bitching all off season about what are we going to do to replace them. Well, I think you know it's Iowa, so take it with a grain of salt. But still, I mean, those young guys can play. I mean, how many times on the broadcast did you hear Ricky Gibson's name as a freshman quarter making his first start? I don't care who you're playing against. That's pretty impressive that you basically didn't even hear his name. Well, they were saying it for him to for Brown to get thrown to, but the Deacon Hill had zero time to have any passes other than those yeah. couple times, and then Brown dropped the passes. So if I'm the quarterback, I ain't throwing to him. I mean, you're not catching the ball. Yeah, I mean, it, that speaks to just the – uh, the, the the whole defense was swarming around, gang tackling. It seemed like every time we got a sack, it was like four or five defenders. Like, it, it was a really good team effort on defense. And, you know, it's kind of annoying because the one time we pitch a shutout, it causes my over not to hit. But I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's just a solid all-around effort. I mean, there's really no, not any negatives. I mean, you can, you can point to the slow star, you know, but that's – Given the circumstances, I don't think it could have. Possibly. I have a negative. Let's hear it. Ramel Keaton. God, yeah, but uh. well, and you know, I'm trying not to hate on him, but what happened? Like before the season started, everyone was like, "Oh, Ramel Keaton's gonna ball out. Oh, he's gonna be insane." And he had those little spurts, but like, dude was wide open, bro, like, and just stopped, stopped running. Nico threw a dime of a pass to score a like what was it 40 to 50 yard touchdown and you just stop running and, and then he drops a, a slant where it was in his hands like it, I'm like I said I'm not trying to hate on him but it's just wow well the uh, the annoying thing is that somebody's gonna somebody's power bombing him and then he catches that ball like really like the one on, on the that Nico had the sideline yeah it was yeah. a sick catch like amazing catch, but then he drops the the simple ones. It's just it's, it's dumbfounding. And I mean, and imagine what Nico's stat line would look like if he gets that deep ball. Nico would have over two hundred yards with three touchdowns and a passing touchdown, and that would be absurd. That's like the story yeah. of Keaton's senior season, though. Like he he's getting like pass interfered with and slung to the ground, and he he'll catch it with one hand, but then he's like wide open down the seam, and it's you know, drop city. I just, I feel bad because it's his last game, but yeah, the, the dude is not, uh, he's incredibly frustrating. Now, that that's another thing I'm kind of disappointed in is we didn't get to see Nico air it out. Like, I was really expecting to see a couple of the Squirrel White or, you know, Nimrod or, you know, something to, you know, show off his arm, which he did that one play, which was a, which it was a dime, but. Uh, I was really expecting for us to throw it more, but like I said, Dylan Sampson had a heck of a game, 133 yards, averaging 6.7 yards per carry. I mean, how can you throw the ball when they can't stop your run game? And then even Selden had 55 yards. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, Jalen Wright had an incredible couple seasons for us, but I don't know if Selden and Sampson is going to be that much of a downgrade from Wright and Small. Well, and Lewis, Lewis is going to be a dog too. That kid's—he runs a four-three at like six-two or however tall he is. Uh, I mean, it's going to be another three-headed monster. The only thing I say Samson needs to work on is is the blocking, but 
I I think that'll be fixed during the spring, especially becoming the you know RB one. Yeah, and our our offense had that running success with Dane Davis playing and Ollie Lane playing. Like you'll you'll have Campbell and cross our fingers, Spragans back on that line. So then you had Bennett Warren and all those other uh, linemen recruit coming in. So it's the, the, the line that played yesterday is not even close to the line that's going to take the field against Chattanooga to start the season. So it, and you know, when, when you, when your young quarterback gets sacked six times, it's not great, but it was kind of expected with what we had out there. Well, and it's kind of good to, for him to take some licks before the season gets going. I feel like, like, I yeah. don't think it's going to, you know, he, everybody got out of it healthy. He, he everybody's fine. Um, that way, you know, when, when he comes to the, what I doubt Chattanooga is going to get much pressure on him, but probably NC state, when we play NC state, he's not going to be, you know, frazzled when he gets hit for the first time. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, we kind of touched on, we would like to have seen more deep shots, but uh, I was reading stuff before the game about how I was defense coordinator. His main goal was to stop the, the big plays and which is why we were so patient play calling all game and kind of stuck with the run game because it was obviously working so do you guys um think that the play calling will look do you think the offense will look more like it did in 2021 absolutely Uh, the fact that we could throw the ball down the middle of the field now is a huge deal and i was going to bring that up even look in the red zone we played so much better in the red zone uh, yesterday than we did all year. And it, it it comes to having a quarterback that's poised in the pocket. Like I said, I'm not trying to hate on Joe, but we just – Joe couldn't – Nico's a totally different animal in, in the at the quarterback spot, uh, just being able to read what he's going to do. And Joe would always sit in the pocket too long or – He'd go, like, run out of the pocket, and instead of running for five yards, he'd throw a bullet to somebody that wasn't open. And it just makes a huge difference when you have a quarterback of Nico's talent. Uh Yeah. I mean, with John Bill yesterday, you probably take at least two field goals out of those red zone trips. Absolutely. We'd we'd honestly probably win that game 17 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the I, I just touched on it, like, for Nico to have three rushing touchdowns behind that line just speaks to how good he is. I mean, the, the rushing stats say he only had 27 yards, but when you take away the sacks, he had uh, over 50. Like, he's a good scrambler, and that made a huge difference in the red zone. I mean, he, he got three touchdowns, but, you know, if you listen to half our fan base the whole year, you, you would have thought he would have got red-misted when one defender touched him. So, apparently, he's not a, a newborn deer. So, that that, that – it's good to see. Well, you know, speaking about the offense starting to look like the 2021-2022 version again, uh, a key piece is coming back, we found out today. So, Brew McCoy is going to run it back, spend one more season on Rocky Top. So, that will help out tremendously, in my opinion. Uh, that's a very young receiver room that, sturdy solid reliable veteran coming back for one more year i think that'll make a huge difference oh absolutely i mean the fact that that was like a big thing we missed this year after you know after he got hurt you you didn't have that wide receiver you could throw the ball to 
with like as a quick slant that you knew would hold on to the ball and or even block the dude is a is a tight end basically when it comes to blocking and he's so experienced um I couldn't be happier to have him back. I mean, I know everyone wanted Evan Stewart, but I know we stopped talking to him. Um, but Squirrel White, man, you got Squirrel White, Brew McCoy, um, and a lot of talented pieces in this wide receiver room. Brew McCoy just adds that veteran, you know, aspect to this team that is going to really help Nico. So, and him and Nico have a really good friendship, and I think they're going to really ball out next year yeah and as opposed to you know evan stewart evan stewart's a hell of a player but brew has the familiarity already he knows nico he knows the coaches he knows the system it's just it it's the best fit and it's the best thing that could have possibly happened to the receiver room yeah absolutely and and you got all the young guys the thing is, is you bring in a guy like evan stewart you look at guys like squirrel white like the squirrel white stay because they're the, the same position and like, and, and they're both the slot. So you gotta look at, you know, things like that. You got Mike Matthews and Braylon Staley and Nimrod and Webb, but you gotta be worried about those guys leaving. If you bring in guys like that. Well, that's certainly a, a good problem to have in, in my eyes. Like that's when, when you're deciding who, which four receivers you're going to get on the field the most, because there's also good, you're in a pretty good spot. So, and you alluded to it, normal, when you first started talking about Brew, the biggest difference is him blocking. Like, a- after he went went down with his injury this year, you did not see many of those screens to the boundary just right off the rip behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Because he, norm- he was normally the one blocking. Yeah, mm-hmm. Austin P. that's basically how we beat Austin P. Yeah. Which is doing that over and over again. In the run game, he he's pancaking corners and safeties left and right. I mean that that's going to make a gigantic difference. Yeah, and like I said, my biggest thing for him is just having that veteran mentality. Um, and I I really like you could, you know, clip this or whatever you want to do, but I can see Brew having a really really good year next year. He, he's going to want to prove something. Oh, I mean, this is hey your last year NFL draft following up. Uh, I mean, he I, I could see him going over nine hundred yards, maybe a thousand. I, I think him and Brew or him and Brew. I think Nico and Brew are going to have a really good chemistry, and I think Nico's going to love throwing the ball to him. Yeah, I mean that's a get out of jail free card on on third yeah. downs. Security blanket. Look, mm-hmm. look at how that offense could look. I mean, you have. So Nico, Sampson, probably four out of five, hopefully four out of five starters on the line coming back. You have Holton stays at tight end. And then we talk about the four tight the four receivers on the field. That is gonna be kind of a crowded room now because obviously Brew and Squirrel are, are gonna be on the field most of the time. Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you Brazzle. Think? Brazzle's gonna be playing. Yeah, see Brazzle, you forget about Brazzle. So all American, dude. That kid's that kid's gonna be nuts. The fact that you have to cover White, Brew, and Brazel, and then whoever the fourth guy is. I mean, it, it, who do you cover? And then you got uh, the tight end from Notre Dame. Like, what what are you gonna do? I mean, you have you have Webb, Nimrod, Dante Thornton. He, people forget about him. Leacock. Like, 
That's... Matthew Staley. I think Matthews is. Staley. I think Matthews and Staley are going to play a lot. That's wild. Uh, I, I think the last receiver spot is Matthews' job to lose because I've I've, I've heard that Thornton's thinking about transferring again. So go for it. Yeah. That, like you said, I mean, it's a good problem to have. Um, yeah. I, I feel bad because I think Thornton was finally finding his his spot in the offense, and then he ended up getting hurt, and that and that's okay. I I I hope he comes back. He he has all the tangibles to be a really good receiver, especially on the outside. And but if he if he transfers, man, I, I wish him the best. But we'll see uh, as the spring moves on. Did y'all want to talk about the other little bit of news we got today? So, uh, Gabe Judy Lally is going to enter the NFL draft. I think that's a I, I think that's a big loss. Uh, I, I, he's been pretty solid for the most part this year, and um, I mean you can't blame him. I think he had a pretty good year, and I think him leaving means something. I feel like I know a guy, uh, a cornerback from Temple, is coming to visit Tennessee this week. Um, so I know we're definitely going to pick up another corner, but it's between the guy from Temple, NC State, and then uh, AJ Harris. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to definitely be a big, big loss in my opinion. I'm like giddy talking about our offense. Oh, dude the the offense man can can be very special. I think I think it just opens up Josh Heupel's playbook. I I, I really do. After seeing the offense, you know. This past game, I I feel like he was held back because of Joe, and I think yeah. as the spring moves on and they work on the you know all the things, I think I think this this team man it could be good, especially with the schedule we have. I mean, you got winnable games. You got winnable games. Well, it's kind of like you know a lot of people have talked about Ole Miss. The reason that they're going out so hard this uh you know off season with the transfer portal stuff is because their schedule's not that bad this year so they kind of see this as like their chance well i kind of feel like the schedule sets up pretty favorably for us too and not many people are talking about it but they could have been way worse well yeah i i think you start thinking about the the um the 12 team playoff tennessee if you if you could sneak out ten wins, I mean, you're you're on the brink there. You're you're definitely making people talk about you. Yeah the the schedule for next year, you really have two real road games, uh, Oklahoma and Georgia. I'm not too worried about Arkansas or Vanderbilt. So that definitely. I'm not really worried about Oklahoma after their bowl game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I didn't. Did did did, did Jackson Arnold look horrible? I, I wouldn't say he looked horrible. I the, Their offensive line didn't look good. And when Arnold's under pressure, which he will be pressured against Tennessee, uh, it just – he looked like a, a, a freshman quarterback. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not talented, but uh, I he okay. definitely didn't have the start Nico did. I, this could end up being on, like, old takes exposed or something. But, like, <laughs> he – I don't – I think Oklahoma underestimated the drop-off between Dylan Gabriel and, and Arnold. I, I don't think – I think they thought it was going to be like kind of like a lateral move, and I don't necessarily think it is. <laughs> well, not everybody's as can't miss of a prospect as Nico is, so yeah, it's tough yeah. for them. 
Yeah, I, but talking about our, the schedule this year, I'm honestly I'm not really worried about NC State anymore. Um, like I said, we got a long way. We got <laughs> you. You're gonna add more portal pieces, probably a couple more. Um, but the th- the games that you could say are are toss ups in my opinion are Oklahoma, uh, Bama, Florida, and I'm gonna say Kentucky. Kentucky looked good, man, against Clemson, and um. They're they're going to be getting a, a better quarterback in my opinion. I don't even know is Devin Leary done? Like, I I don't know if he is or not. But anyway, uh, and Georgia obviously, but uh, Georgia's going to be tough, man. They're, they got a lot coming back. They got uh, ETN, and uh, it's going to be a tough team to beat, especially in Athens. I think yeah. the the thing about Kentucky though is they kind of have that like mind meld that Tennessee has with Florida, where it's like. Even when they probably should beat us, they they don't, and it's kind of like us with Florida. Like we were, nobody thought Florida was more talented than us last year, but something about Florida just like gets Joe Milton. Head. That's all I'm saying is Joe Milton. I think if Nico, <laughs> we would have had a better chance with Nico playing that game. That's all I'm saying. But I thought Joe Milton didn't lose in Florida. Hey, hey he doesn't. That don't count. Mm. <laughs> no, but for real though, I, you know how we talked about on our podcast predicting the season before the portal and all that. But um, I'm looking at the the key game to me in in this season. It's the Oklahoma game. I think if Tennessee could go to Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma, you're setting your season up for success because then you go to Arkansas, you should win that, and then you come home to play Florida. You got like we can beat Florida at home. And you have a potential to start this season off six and zero. And Alabama comes to town. Can you do it again? Can you do have a magical game again? Who knows? But the season has promising things, especially with this roster, bro. Bryce, you said it. Our offense is starting to look scary, and our defense is way better than the defense we had in twenty twenty one. Uh, and you're just, and we're going to add more pieces. So it, I, I'm really excited for this year. I'm excited for the spring. And I mean, heck, man, Boo Carter, Boo Carter's in town, boys. And yeah. I heard he is tearing it up during bowl practices. And whew, the future's bright. That's all. I'm, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> I think it's it's so easy to get excited. And and obviously, the closer we get, like on spring practices and stuff. We'll do like our, our official predictions, uh, but I definitely think six and is a real possibility. I mean, if you lose to Arkansas, there's some big problems that are, are going to be on display because Arkansas is going to trot out Boise State's backup quarterback as their starting quarterback this year, uh, and they have no Sanders either. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas's all all their best players jumped out like the ship was sinking. So if we lose to Arkansas, that's a major problem. Um, and then honestly, you know, Kentucky, that anytime you lose to Kentucky at Tennessee, that's a problem, but no, I, I, I'm excited. We'll get into that eventually. Um, but yeah, any, I did want to mention one more thing about the Citrus Bowl. I think it is pretty cool and, and it might sound corny, but I think it's cool that for two years in a row, um, Hypel's teams got up for the bowl and play their ass off. Mm-hmm. And that might sound like kind of stupid, 
to be proud of. But in this day and age, we're like, I mean, most of us don't give a shit about bowls. I mean, if you're not in, if you're not in a New Year's a New Year's Day bowl or the College Football Playoff, nobody gives a shit. And the fact that like Heupel's team last year, so close, heartbreaking loss to South Carolina, and you know you could have easily been in the playoff, but they still go to the Orange Bowl and kick ass. And then this year. You know, a couple of different things go a different way. We're probably in a better bowl. But you know what? They go to the Cheez-It Bowl and kick ass anyway. I just think that says something. Like the player, Heupel's players get up for these bowl games. Yeah. And, uh, now take the bowl games to the road. If you, ta- if you take this team that plays in the bowl games on the road, boy, this team is could be a monster. Yeah, like, why do we play good? I mean, maybe because it's a neutral site. I don't know. Like, why do we play so good in these bowl games, but then we go, like, on the road and look like everybody got high before kickoff? Well, I, I've talked about during the year, there's – I mean, when, whenever we go on the road, there seems to be a problem with the way the offense functions, and it wasn't just with Milton this year. I mean, it happened to Hooker, South Carolina last year. So – and at Georgia. So there, there's there's something Hypo needs to figure out there during the offseason on on how the offense functions when, when there's noise. But to me, the biggest difference going into this year, which is why we have such a, a chance to be really good, is that everything is better than it than it's going to be this past season coming going into next year. The defense is going to be better, offense is going to be better. And this like you you have a quarterback again who can improvise and make things happen on his own like Hooker did in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, that that's going to look so much different than, than what was going on this year when we were handing the ball off on third and seven down 28 against George. Like it's going to look so much different and I uh, couldn't be more excited. Yeah. And I think we still have key pieces we need to pick up. Um, now for the record, I, I know Tennessee, like I said, the, uh, Jalen McMurray from Temple, he's visiting this week. Uh, and uh, former five-star Lance Hurd, uh, actually a relative of um, Jeremias Hurd, the, our, our recruit that just signed. Um, mm-hmm. Former five-star O-lineman from LSU could po- potentially be visiting uh, Tennessee. And um, we're missing key pieces like that, man. I, the offensive line needs a little bit of depth. And you protect Nico. The sky's the limit for this team. The sky is the absolute limit. And as long as our defense plays like they did this year, whew, that's all I'm saying. Like you said, Ryan and Bryce, I mean, exciting. Even, even the losses this past season, the most points that they gave up was 36 or 38 to Georgia. Like, yeah, the number one team in the country. Yep. And we averaged how many points in 2022 on offense? 45. Like, I I don't see how anybody cannot be excited for for next season. I, we we could bang that drum all night, and I'm sure we will for the next nine months. So, join the hype train. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try and stay as not overly excited. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to stay realistic, but it's kind of it's yeah. getting a little bit difficult. Yeah, we're 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 shuffling on about two shovelfuls a day but once we get to august it'll be about 200 oh yeah we'll be saying 12 and 0 no, no one's beating us you know the whole normal yeah 
will be the norm of offense. Yep. <laughs> y'all want to? Y'all want to touch on some basketballs? Yeah, that's fine, dude. The, we're actually recording during the game. Um, they're, you know, they again, they start off a little bit slow. It takes them a little bit, and like I said multiple times before, they have these four to five minute scoring droughts, and it just can't happen. I know we're still early in the season, a lot of basketball to play. I'm glad this is, you know, we're getting this kind of out during the non conference stuff. But I mean, Tennessee's up seventy two to thirty five right now. Uh, Dalton Connect looks like his normal self today. Um, the guy, the Kai Ziegler, just hit his fifth three. What's going it, on? I'm telling you, bro, if Zakai could be doing this on a normal basis, Tennessee's going to be very hard to beat. He's taking 10 threes tonight. That is, has he ever taken that many threes? Oh, I get, uh, he's come close, though. I feel like, yeah. I mean, when Zakai's feeling it, he's feeling it. And you can tell when he is. And he's the leading scorer right now with 17. So Yeah, I mean, the, the flip he switched in the past five games, pretty much since the, the Illinois game, has been ridiculous. Uh, from from what he, he he looked like in in Maui at the end of November, I mean it's yeah, night that, and day. Since that time on the podcast where Ryan said he was a piece of shit and he hates him, <laughs> he, that's not he what I said. On fire, man! He lit a fire. See, that, that's all it takes for for players to do well. Like I talked shit about Aaron Beasley, he got a pick six three days later, and then Zakai Ziegler is now having his best stretch of his career at Tennessee, and. I hope he carries it into Saturday for this huge matchup at home with with Ole Miss. Yeah, big game, big game, good team. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I think if you uh, you got to pull it off at home, the crowd's gonna be nuts. Um, I could definitely see the crowd actually being what we expect it to be all the time. Um, but you start off the conference schedule with Ole Miss and you win that game, man. A lot of momentum. Yeah, and I have no doubt the crowd's going to be electric. It's your first SEC game, first, uh, second Saturday game of the year in Thompson Bowling slash Food City Center. Um, like, they're going to feed the floor, as they like to say, if you've ever been to a game there. So, oh, by the way, when, when are we all going to a game together? I'm telling you, I am down to buy Kentucky tickets. Ooh, I'm ready. Dude, is anybody else surprised that Ole Miss isn't higher? Yeah. Are you dodging the question? What game are we going to? <laughs> he is dodging. We he did. Play. He just can't. Yeah, he changed the subject. I'm sorry. I was looking at the this upcoming. We will go to a game. What? When is the Kentucky game, actually? It's in March. Mm, that might be a problem for you, Bryce. If it's in March. March 9th. <laughs> we'll find one. If not, I'll I'll go to the Alabama game too. Ooh, that's this month, isn't it? January twentieth. What day is it? It's got to be a Saturday, right? Yeah, it's a Saturday. Oh boy, but yeah, I, I am surprised, Bryce, that that Ole Miss is not ranked higher. I mean, I don't yeah. see why. I mean, I, I know they haven't really played anybody worth much, but. Well, I just know we mentioned it could be a top ten matchup, which it still will be interesting because they're undefeated. So, and they don't play anybody else before us. Are they yeah. ranked? They're twenty second. It's because they haven't played anybody. Why they're not ranked higher? But I'm not going to take anything away from them. They're definitely a really good team. So it's going to be interesting. 
I mean, it's hard to go be undefeated no matter who you play. Like, especially in college basketball, you play damn near 40 games if you make a tournament. So I think it's impressive, and I think we'll have to have our one of our best games of the season to pull it out. I mean, Chris Beard is a hell, is a hell of a coach. I mean, it, it don't matter what his roster is. Isn't that the Texas like. guy that, like, beat his wife or something? Yep, that's the guy. Oh. Makes sense Ole Miss would take someone like that. Yeah, Ole Miss is not the most concerned with the the moral, you know, positions of their coaches. So, you not, not say, surprising. I'm going to say this about Ole Miss, though. A lot of these games that they, you know, won, they, they let the other team score a pretty good amount of points, and all these teams don't have the defense Tennessee does. That's true. So... I mean, it- if I was putting money on, I'd put it on Tennessee because I think we've. I wouldn't bet the spread. Game. I'd say Tennessee would win the game. Yeah, but I wouldn't bet like because I'm I'm assuming that Tennessee would probably be like a three to five point favorite, and I would not touch those points. I would not. I think this is the type of game that Rick has his guys ready to play. I just don't see. I don't see us coming out with a flat performance. SEC opener at home against an undefeated team. This is the type of game that a Rick a Rick Barnes team grinds out. Yeah, I think it's better for the the psyche of the team that you're seeing a team that doesn't have a loss on their on their record yet. Like they're not going to overlook them. Like we we all thought before the year, Ole Miss was going to be trash, and they'd probably come into this with five or six losses already. But now that they're undefeated, we're not going to overlook them. And you have a, a, I mean, it's actually better to start off with a decent looking win in conference play. Like, I, I'm really not too concerned, but we're still going to have to bring our, one of our better performances to pull it out. And I think we will just because of what you just said, Bryce. Exciting times on Rocky Top. I mean, we, we got a Final Four to go to, we got Omaha to go to, and we got a playoff to go to. Ooh, baseball is so close. Hey, Tony V just might be the best coach on campus. So I don't know. You you give you give Josh Apple a guy like Nico, I'd beg to differ. We'll see. That's that's the Tony's had time to stack his talent. He's he's been here for a little longer. And James Pierce. Dude, James Pierce honestly might be my favorite player. I mean, he's just so good, and he's only a sophomore. I, he has at, he has at I, least one more year. At least one. I mean, God forbid anything happens, but I think he's got one more. I think I think he if he has a season, we all think he's gonna have. I think he's gone after this year, which is okay. It is okay. Yeah. I I think I would love if my that means if he's gone after this year, that means he probably like led the SEC in sacks. So that's he fine. will. I think he will. I I, I don't think there's a question. Uh, especially with the teams that that we're going to be playing. I think especially watching that Oklahoma offensive line in the bowl game, oh, I think he's going to eat that. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's just hey. I'm, I'm getting a James Pierce jersey, that's for sure. Hey, real quick, we do need to mention it. <laughs> so the Lady Vols actually have been kicking ass. Hey, I know. I was going to say, you know, they they deserve the talk. We'll say that. They deserve to be mentioned. They got 
they bludgeoned Walker and Liberty, which it's kind of surprising to see them blow out anybody. So we'll see Thursday though. They play Auburn. So he stays yeah. alive for a couple more days at least. What's their record now? I think it's seven like five. Seven and five. And you know what? We talk about it all the time. It's so early in the season, you could still turn it around. Play good conference play. And the really the only competition to me that they'll have in conference play is South Carolina and LSU and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt look good, boy. Their their girls basketball team looks good. The girls basketball team could probably beat the boys basketball. That's a fact. Oh but their the girls basketball team I think is like twelve and zero or thirteen and zero. Yeah, the only program that Jerry Stackhouse would still be the coach of in America is Vanderbilt because they don't give a shit about sports. Yeah, they just see, oh, he's a former NBA player and he coaches here. That's cool. I mean, they're they're Will Warren put out a great piece about just the all systems failure of Jerry Stackhouse's program. I recommend anybody to read that. Like it, it it's astounding how bad he screwed that program up. I mean, it's it's kind of sad, really. Not really. <laughs> no, not re- not really. <laughs> the the sad thing is that we lost to them last year. What was that? That's what's sad. (laughs) Jim, do you remember uh, before the Vanderbilt game when we were talking about, like, what's what's Vanderbilt better at than Tennessee? And Ryan said covering up rape. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. They are good at that, though. I mean, that's the the one thing they care about is staying in in the good in the public eye for, for publicity, which is a joke, and that was a tragedy. And James Franklin should probably be rotten in a prison somewhere, but you know, that's just the business of college football, and it's sad. Well, you know what else is the business of college football? The balls being back. <laughs> yeah, if if anyone listening to this, you go onto On Three's uh, Twitter page right now, and go like like and comment something on uh, Mister Hurd coming to Tennessee. Yes. I mean, we need an offensive lineman. I think he's an inside lineman, too. Or, no, he's a tackle. He's a tackle. We need some depth. We need a swing tackle. But, oh, boy, if we could, if we could pick something up like that, dude. And he's, he's – I don't know how he's related to him, but he's got a family member that's already on Tennessee. So, Well, that's got a boat. You have to think that bodes well. Yeah. I don't know. Max Anderson's brother went to SMU, so – Evan Stewart's sister came here, but it's like I said earlier, we're probably done barking up that tree. Also, I want Rodney Garner to be camped out in Dominic McKinley's backyard and try and try to flip him because we didn't sign a, a big tackle in his last class. He already committed, I think. Yeah, he's uh, did he already sign though? No. Yeah, so go camp out in his backyard. No, and that's where you got to finish. I mean, he, you're definitely still in his head, but we were never his f- first choice anyway. No. Which it's not like a big loss. Like, yeah, we would love to have them, but I mean, it's you got you got to go get guys like that. Yeah, I, I think it makes it necessary since we didn't get a defensive tackle in the recruiting cycle to now pick one up in the portal for sure. Now, like, you you, you need some beef. You, I, I don't think you, you you can go a full cycle without having at least one defensive tackle. When when when, when, when especially when you play in the SEC, so. Uh, my late Christmas request is uh, defensive tackle, please. 
Yes. Well, anything else you all want to hit on before we get out of here? No, uh, I think I, I covered it up. <laughs> I was glad to see us go under center on a fourth and one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why did we talk about that? Dude, that was like, so I saw us go under center, and I was like, I had to pinch myself. Like, I didn't know if that was, like, an actual thing. But wouldn't you think we would have done it with Joe, who's, like, broader than Nico? Like, yes, I, I thought Nico was going to QB sneak it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I, I why don't put that, you put that in your repertoire, but, yeah, I agree. I think Joe Milton, that should have been, we should have had the bro- brotherly shove yeah. in Tennessee. Joe could have probably killed it on the tush push. Like, I, yeah. I, yeah, with McCastles and Warren behind him. Yeah, no one's stopping that. And we also scored under center on the goal line. I mean, it was kind of a scramble by, by Nico, and he just slipped into the end zone. But still, I mean, you're you're going under center now in situations where, you know, it makes some damn sense to go under center, and it turned out to be successful. Imagine that. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that was a good point. That was a good point. That really gave me some hope Feeling. for this offense. Gave me some feelings. Well, the, we'll talk about play calling. I mean, holy, you know, <laughs> that that should say something. Oh, I had just one more thing. If nobody else has anything, um, can you guess who was the highest rated uh, player on our offense on PFF? Uh, Nico Yamaliaba. Yeah. Obvious. So yeah. Male Yaba. <laughs> hey, can hey, you dude, uh, one, uh, one last thing? Last thing. Promise. Promise. <laughs> But imagine if he played basketball and he hit, like, a three, how amazing his, like, announcement would be. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That would be so awesome. It would be a cluster because whatever 60-year-olds call him again would probably get it wrong. Well, I like, I would do it, but I would, like, wake up everyone in my house. So, I, uh, But, <laughs> like, I was I did it before the game started, and I was like, oh, my God, he should play basketball. Plays volleyball. I know. He's five-star volleyball player, too. But he's our quarterback, and he's not going anywhere. And we love him. And he's the prince who was promised. And he's the Polynesian prince. He's, he's not going us. nowhere. To the promised land. But, yeah, Amen. that's it for me. I'm good. Go balls, baby. Go balls. Go balls. Nico's the best. <laughs>